Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 19. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. And today I am so honored to have with us Stacy Horowitz. Stacy is the founder of Shopping for a Change. This is an online marketplace for fair trade products made by artisans from economically disadvantaged areas across the globe. When you purchase from Shopping for a Change, half the net proceeds go to fund the community improvement projects that they do in the artisan's community, while the other half is directed by you, the shopper, to a U.S.-based nonprofit of your choice, which is accomplished during the online checkout process. Currently, they're working with 60 artisan groups from 30 countries and on three continents. Stacy has received the prestigious Jefferson Award for Public Service and has also been featured in more places than I can even list here. Some include CNN, Mashable, Fast Company, and The Fine Cooking Magazine. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sue. I'm so honored to be amongst the fascinating group of individuals that you've been interviewing for your library of podcasts. I've been listening to them myself, and I find them all so incredibly interesting. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Is there anything that you would like to add to your intro before we get started? No, I think you've covered a lot of it, and I'm sure we'll get into more of it as we move on. We absolutely will. I like to align the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. The light shines on you while you share your stories and experiences. So, Stacy, shall we light it up? Absolutely. Let's go. Wonderful. So help us envision your candle. What color is it? For some reason, I am always drawn to a very rich aubergine color, which for those who aren't familiar with it, it's like a deep eggplant purpley sort of color. And when I've researched a little bit about colors and personality and so forth, it pretty well holds true for me because they say that that shade tends to reflect creativity you're kind of an unconventional sort of person, idealistic and intuitive. And that pretty well describes me. And I happen to find it a very soothing color. So that's probably why I've also incorporated it throughout our website. And what quote would be on your candle? It's from Mahatma Gandhi, you must be the change you want to see in the world. It took me a long time to really understand that as one single person, I actually had the ability to make change throughout the world. I think I grew up feeling like, you know, you had to be somebody like a Mahatma Gandhi or a Mother Teresa or some big celebrity in order to make that happen, to have some sort of an impact. And it wasn't until very recently in my early 50s that I really learned that that's not the case. 
Well, let's talk about that a little bit more, Stacy. What was that spark that got you started in thinking about starting a company, much less shopping for a change? Well, I've always had a very entrepreneurial streak. I've done a number of things over the years that have included venturing out and doing some things on my own. Um, I do love being my own boss, specifically shopping for a change. There were like three different events that kind of took place all within one year. Back in 2008, we took a family vacation that was to the Galapagos Islands, which is just off the coast in Ecuador. And then we went to Peru afterwards. And I'd always dreamt of going to the Galapagos Islands. I'm very into animals and nature. And so I was very excited about that. And my husband was the one who made the suggestion of, well, since we're already going to be down that way, let's go to Peru as well. And I really didn't know a lot about Peru. And I didn't take the time to research it very much, although he had. I was kind of like, okay, my bags are packed. I mean, you could tell me we're going anywhere. And basically, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. So we were taking this vacation. And at the same time, that year, I was getting ready to turn 50 years old. And it was a point in my life where I was starting to feel my mortality. And I was thinking back on, you know, wow, you know, what have I done with my life, you know, aside from my different jobs and having my family and my close friends and, you know, how have I made a difference being here? Has my life had meaning? And I was a little disappointed in myself thinking, wow, you know, I don't really know that I have really done anything to make a difference. So, you know, I had that kind of going in the back of my mind. And at the same time, that year in school, my son's seventh grade class was doing a year-long philanthropic project where they were learning all about nonprofit organizations. And they took the time to pick a favorite organization for each of the students. They picked their own. They interviewed them. They learned about what made a good organization, what didn't, how to raise money. And they incorporated that actually through all of their studies. They found ways to interweave it into you know their social studies and their math and their science and so forth. And Ultimately, the kids raised, um, there were like 24 kids, and they raised $30,000 in about a five-month period. And instead of just giving it out to the different nonprofits that they each were passionate about, they had to sit down as a board of directors and determine and persuade one another as to why certain organizations they felt deserved more of this money than the rest. And they also had to make these big presentations to their fellow students about the research they had done and what they learned about each organization. So it was very awe-inspiring to sit down and be part of these presentations and listen to the work that the students had done and to see how so many of them thinking, oh, this is going to be so boring, I don't want to do this, to being so incredibly passionate about helping others when they came out the other side. So... When we took this vacation, we had a wonderful time. It was, you know, definitely a trip of a lifetime. And I was very surprised at how much I fell in love with Peru. There was so much beauty amongst the people, both visually, it's a very colorful country, artistically as well. There's a tremendous amount of artistic history and indigenous designs and things like that that are and techniques that are passed down through generations. However, Many of them are, uh, and this holds true around 
around the world, many of them are starting to die off because there is no means for people to make a living at it. And so people are struggling. And what I saw in Peru was, in contrast to this tremendous beauty, was there was also a tremendous amount of poverty. What I thought was really interesting was I never really saw anybody begging. They were still, even though that they were you know, hard for uh, hard up for money in some cases, they were still trying to do something in order to earn it. So you might have a mother and her young child coming up to you with their baby llama in their arms, offering to take a picture with you. And in exchange, you would give them some money. They were trying to do something to earn a living. The other thing that really, really struck me hard was I was a mother this go around versus other times in the past when I had traveled internationally. It had been a long time since we had taken an international trip. And this time it really hit me differently because I could relate to the other women that I was seeing who happened to be mothers as well. What I realized was that, you know, even though these women are halfway across the world from me, they still really want a lot of the same things for their children as I wanted for mine. They want a roof over their heads. They want to be able to feed their children. They'd love to try and give them a better life than maybe what they have. They want to see them get educated to some degree. I really related to these women who I was just meeting for the first time, and I felt a real sisterhood there. So you hit some groundwork in terms of these, you talk about these three things coming together, your son's class project that lasted the whole year, a significant birthday and feeling like the need to give back in some way, and then the trip. When you were in Peru, all of a sudden, did it come together for you? Like, oh my gosh, I have an idea. Was there a spark like, this is what I want to do? No, actually, what happened was I came home from this magnificent vacation depressed, which seems like, how crazy could that be? But I came home not being able to let go of what I saw and feeling like there must be something that I could do that would make a difference in these people's lives. I'm smart enough to know that just writing a check and giving it to somebody is not a solution. It's not a sustainable solution. So when I came back and I was really struggling with this depression for a few months, I tried to think about what is it in my background that I've done that could help me maybe pull together some sort of a business model that I could then take and apply to the talents, the artistic abilities that I saw there. Because I saw that as a potential means for these people being able to lift themselves from poverty and not just being given money. I wanted to, you know, teach these people and and help them learn how how to lift themselves from poverty so that they could keep their dignity intact because people really want to help themselves. You know, they want to feel pride and work hard and do good for their families. So how did that come to merge into creating the business? I did a lot of research when I got back and tried to think about what kind of a business model that would be? You know, would it be a nonprofit business? What kind of products would it entail? Would I be designing the products and having them make them? You know, would that require being on the ground with them and going back frequently? You know, and was it going to be just people in Peru that I was going to help? Or what I realized was, you know, the same situation that I'm viewing and wanting to make a difference in with these women that I'm meeting in Peru 
really existed all around the world. And I wanted to not exclusively have this be about helping women, but I learned that worldwide, there is a very large amount of women that end up being responsible for the survival of their families for various reasons, whether the husbands are killed in war or disease, you know, affects an area or it's vast unemployment or spousal abuse or any number of different things that can affect a family. There were many, many women around the world who were responsible for taking care of their children. So like I started to say, I did a lot of research. I looked at what other businesses were like that were in this similar vein in terms of artisan type products, fair trade, how were, you know, were they for profit? What types of products were they bringing in? And what could I do to set mine apart? And it was at the same time as we here in the US were going through our big recession. Not an ideal time to start a business, especially something that tends to be a non-necessity. It's not like it was the food that you have to put on your table. This was gifts for yourself or your home or for somebody else. I tried not to think about that this is a recession right now. What are you doing starting this? I just went ahead and plowed forward with, you know, this is something I feel very compelled to do. I have to start somewhere and I have to start at some time. So let's just do it now. Right. Okay. And what, what year did the business actually launch? Well, we incorporated in December of 2009. However, we did not launch the website and go public until September of 2010. So along the way, as you're putting this together and doing all of your research and figuring out how all of it was going to work, I'm sure it wasn't all smooth. (laughs) You ran into some issues and some problems along the way, as we all do. Could you take us to one specific situation where it was really a struggle and maybe you even thought, is this even worth doing? Can I even overcome this issue? Can you take us to something like that, explain the situation and then how you overcame it? Wow, Sue. Um, This is something that I go back to periodically, I would say at least once a year, because we are a very small nonprofit organization. We have no paid employees, and that's including myself. If I had the funds, I would much rather actually pay someone to help me than to pay myself at this point in time. I still wear most of the hats in the business, and I've done so since the beginning. So, There isn't necessarily one specific time as much as there in general can be some very overwhelming periods of time throughout the year where I have to step back and I have to take a deep breath and I have to be reminded that not only what we've accomplished so far and where we've come from, because when you start with a blank canvas, you know, anything you put on it is an an accomplishment, And so, you know, building a business from nothing and taking it to a certain place is, you know, way farther than you were in the beginning. And so I have to remind myself not only of where I've come from, but that no matter how stressful various times get and how much is on my plate and the deadlines that I might be up against, that somehow or another, I always manage to get it done. Once I remind myself of that each time I encounter a situation like that, 
I take a deep breath and I go, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. I can do it. If I need to reach out and if there's people that can help me with various things, then I'm going to do that as well. And there are people who are always willing to help in various ways and I get through it. I think that starting a business, if you really look at the entire picture without breaking it down piece by piece, it can be very overwhelming and it can stop you dead in your tracks. And I think for me, when I don't look at the entire thing and I try to just break it down little piece by piece, I'm much more productive and I don't get so overwhelmed. You know, in building a house, you're having to figure out not only what the design is going to look like, but you're figuring out exactly what color each screw is going to be that's going to hold something in your wall and be exposed. Gift Biz listeners, a lot of starting your own business is the reward that you get through the journey. Like Stacy's doing, she started with a blank slate and started with the very first thing. What should the structure of the company be like? Then what are the products? And walked the path and built the company, just like she's saying, built a house brick by brick. It's so easy for us to forget about those little successes along the way. And honestly, those can be the most rewarding as you build onto and create a successful business. Same sort of thing with a, with building a website, for example. I never knew how to do any of these things before I started and jumped in with both feet and never realized the finer, finer details of what I needed to think about in terms of the way, you know, the, the website flowed and the look of it and every aspect for the user engagement and how that was going to work. So we have done and redone our website three times now. And with each time going through it, I made changes and improvements based upon what I learned in the previous one and why I wasn't happy with it. Mm -hmm. Well, and your website, just by nature of your company, because people will order through the website, is the most important portion in terms of some type of online presence. Absolutely, because we are not brick and mortar. The only thing we do beyond our website is we have an occasional live event Mm -hmm. where we are face-to-face with our customers. Let's talk a little bit about that. Can you share with us either an event or a promotion or something that you're seeing moves the needle for you? I would say every time we do a live event, it's definitely given a good bump to our business. Now, they're challenging for us to do because it requires a lot of manpower or woman power. It's packing up a lot of inventory. It's bringing it on site to a particular location. It's making sure that everything that we have in actually has a price tag on it. Whereas if we didn't do live events, I really wouldn't need to be pricing our products because they would just be going from our shelves into a box and getting shipped to somebody. So it definitely creates a whole nother step involved for us. So what's the advantage? The advantage is that I get to meet face-to-face with our customers. I get to tell them about our business model, which is very different as a nonprofit, not just because we are putting all the money back into the business and so forth, and we're not taking income in our case. I mean, some nonprofits have paid employees. In this case, at this point, we are not. But more because our business model is such that we're paying the artisans upfront for their products. So they are already getting work that they didn't have before. They're getting paid ahead of time. And when we sell their products on our website, 
we are actually splitting our net proceeds and half of it we put towards a community improvement project that we do in one of the artisans communities each year that is focused on either clean water, healthcare or education. The other half of the net proceeds actually go to fund US-based nonprofits that the customers choosing during the checkout process, which was important to me when we were developing the business model because as I mentioned earlier, there was a recession going on here. And people were very torn between supporting the small neighborhood store down the block versus helping somebody in need halfway around the world who they also knew had a much tougher life than themselves. So I wanted to find a way to blend both worlds to where we were making a difference abroad and we were making a difference here at home. And our customers, that seems to have really resonated with them. And they love the fact that when they make a purchase, they're not making an extra donation or anything like that. They're just simply purchasing the product. And by doing so, they're helping the artisans, they're helping in the community with a community improvement project, and they're getting to direct some of the proceeds to a nonprofit of their choice. It is a spectacular and extremely creative business model for sure. One you should be very proud of. Thank you. On the customer service end, or possibly in your case, Stacy, on the artisan's end, how do you make someone feel really unique and valued? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. I think at this point, I would like to address it on the shopper's end. I try to look at it as what makes me feel special when I am purchasing something or I receive some package in the mail or in a store. What I know is really important, of course, is customer service, but also presentation. I get a different feeling from opening a box that has something I've ordered in and it's just in its plastic wrap and it's gotten thrown in the box by Amazon or wherever it happens to be coming from. And it's something that I wanted. And, you know, yes, I'm excited to have it, but it's a different feeling getting that versus opening a box and having it gift wrapped in some fashion to where it's a beautiful package inside. And then I have the excitement of opening it, even if it's something that's for me and not a gift that I'm giving to somebody else. It's that whole, ooh, how pretty, you know, and I and you get to open it up and it gives an added value, I believe an added perceived value to the item that's inside. When I get an order and I'm shipping it out, It used to be where I would gift wrap each item in colored tissue that matched our colors, and then I would put ribbons around it, and it would go into the box and get shipped off. It had also inside the box, I would include a handwritten note that was on the packing slip if it was going directly to the customer that ordered it versus a gift. And then I would also include some informational materials that tell them, again, what our business model is and how their purchases helped. This last year, I moved to a different type of product for wrapping that actually also helped secure the product for shipping purposes. So it's kind of this, not really a corrugated craft, but it's this long sheet of craft paper that comes in a roll that is cross cut in many different ways. So it kind of expands out a little bit. And on the underside of it, glued to it very lightly is a colored tissue. I've ordered mine with a colored tissue that is one of our company's colors. And so when it gets wrapped in this, even though it may not be wrapped on all four sides, it may just be wrapped 
around, you know, two sides of the package. And then with two ribbons that are our company's colors uh, that make a really nice bow that drapes down. When I put it in that, it still gives the impression of being a gift wrapped item, yet it's also serving another purpose. It's securing it in its box. I've had many customers comment on how beautiful that looks. And it's a lot quicker for me to wrap in that than it was in the tissue that I had been using previously. So so it served two purposes. It served two purposes. Absolutely. The other thing is when I can tell that a customer has ordered something that's a gift because it's ordered from them, but it's shipping to somebody else, but maybe they missed the spot on the website where they could put in a little note where I would then handwrite it in a gift card. I will go out of my way and call them or email them and ask them, would you like me to include a handwritten gift note to, you know, your friend, your mom, whoever it happens to be going to? And they're like, oh, my God, yes. You know, thank you so much. As if the whole concept behind your business isn't unique enough, you're doing this as well, which just keeps adding on and separating you from anybody else who might be trying to do something similar. Okay, we're going to circle around now into our reflection section. This is where we take a look at you, Stacy, and what's helped with your success along the way. Can you talk to us about one natural trait you have that you think has helped you to succeed? I am really self-disciplined. I'm one of those people who has no problem working, say, from home, which is still where our business is operating out of. Getting myself to sit down and get my work done has never been an issue. So this next question kind of falls right in line with that, particularly since your business is based out of the house. You know, so often people who are home-based can get distracted, just like you're saying, or they go the totally opposite direction. And I would venture to guess that this would be you, Stacey. They sway towards so much time with their work. What tool do you use regularly that keeps you productive or helps you create balance between your business life and your personal life? Well, this has been a real learning experience because I would tell you for the first few years, I was very out of balance. It was work 24-7 and I nearly burned out. Even every moment that I would take to, you know, read anything, it was about business. So, few things that have changed for me is, first of all, I'm a big list maker. I need to make lots of lists and sometimes it's on post-it notes. But one of the biggest tools that was, in a sense, given to me last year was I received a phone call from a company called Shipping Easy that um, integrated well with the platform that my shopping cart is built on. And I've, I built this most recent website was built through Shopify. Shipping Easy is an app per se that allows it to integrate very easily on the back end of my shopping cart to where I no longer have to go onto the post office website, FedEx's website, you know, all these different separate websites depending on how somebody's shipping and put in all the shipping information myself and so forth in order to get my labels printed. Every order that's placed on my site immediately downloads into shipping easy. It fully populates all the information. I just simply go in and select what the shipping method is, the size of my box, and it you know immediately gives me my costs. I pay for the postage in like two seconds. You know, I can do it in bulk. I load up all my orders going out and within minutes 
everything is done, whereas before it could have taken me hours of added work. It sounds so streamlined. Oh my God, it was such a blessing that I wrote to the person who started the company, who happened to be a woman, and raved about what a difference last holiday season was for me using her product. The only other thing I would want to add to that is on a more personal note, I've learned that I really have to take time for myself. I walk my dogs a few miles each morning, first thing. It's a great time for me to do my creative thinking and organizing. If I have any notes that I need to take, I'll dictate them into my iPhone. And then I also make sure that I get to an exercise class a few days a week because that really helps alleviate my stress. And it's personally challenging. What book have you read lately that you think our listeners could find value in? To be honest, most of my reading lately has been for pleasure because, again, it's striking that balance of not having it be all work and no play. However, with that said, I love reading Fast Company magazine and Inc. magazine because I learn so much from other people's businesses and their articles. And then there is one other book that I'd love to bring to people's attention. It was written by a woman named Sarah Simmons who wrote a book called This is No Ordinary Joy, How the Courage of Survivors Transformed My Life. And she is a woman who started an organization, one of the groups that we work with, that was rescuing young girls from sex trafficking. She moved her family from the United States, including her children, and she went into this whole thing with a passion. And what I love about her book is that she writes like she speaks, It's very easy reading, but it can be very emotional at times. It can be funny at times. She's just kind of opened up her soul about what this journey was like for her. And there were so many things, both as a woman, as a mother, as a businesswoman that I was able to relate to and go, oh, my God, I, you know, I so get that. Gift Biz listeners, as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook just like Stacy's recommending for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. And that's where I'm headed right after we're done taping, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> So we're almost done with our time together, but before I let you go, I have one final question, and it is the dare to dream question. Stacy, I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside? This was a tough one for me. Um, When I started shopping for a change, I really had a big vision that one day our name, Shopping for a Change, would be widely recognized and could become one of the go-to websites for a socially conscious individual that's looking for stylish, exquisitely handcrafted gifts that give back. And that's why I actually went so far as to trademark our name and our tagline when we first decided upon it. And so what I envision is that one day we will no longer be working out of my home, but be in an office and warehouse space that has been donated to us for our work. And that we would be providing work for thousands of women and men in the developing world where we'd be able to 
do community improvement projects in more than one community per year, which is what we've been able to do thus far, and that we would be also making significant donations to the U.S. charities that our customers are choosing at checkout. So we'd be making an impact that is many, many more times greater than what we are currently doing. Well, on behalf of myself and the listeners, I think all of us would like to see you have that gift realized. Thank you, Sue. So how can everybody, if they want to look into shopping for a change or possibly purchase something online or just get to know you better and the business, how can people reach out to you? We are on various social media, but the website itself is shopping for a change, and that's F-O-R, not the numeral four, dot org. So shopping for a change dot org. Fabulous. And as everybody knows, if you jump over to our website, giftbizunwrapped.com, you will find Stacy's show notes page. It will have the link to her website, also all of the social media platforms. And so if you're walking the dog now or you're at work and listening to us, possibly even while you're commuting to work, don't worry, don't pull to the side, look for a pen or anything. You'll be able to get all the information right on the show notes page. Stacy, thank you so much for all of the valuable information and insight you've shared with us today. And may your candle always burn bright. Thank you, Sue. It's been truly my pleasure. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash G-U-E-S-T. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. 